Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally imagine that. <laughs> I'm no sure somebody's written that one too. Pounder with cheese and friends, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you, almighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> But Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's my time. Uh, <laughs> how do you measure success? Hey, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. And John. And the benefactor of tonight is not here yet. Hopefully he jumps in soon. We shall see. I don't know where JD is. He usually ju- right. He's usually jumped in by now. I have no idea where. He'll, he'll be in soon, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that it's 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 that last minute poo. We're waiting for him. What's new? What's new with you, there, John? Not much. Tornado warnings around here this weekend. I picked up my nephew. He's staying with me for the week. He's downstairs watching Lucifer. We're going through a lot of movies that I'm fairly sure his parents would approve of. We did. We did. We've done the action trilogy. We've done Red, and then Nobody, and then John Wick. Ah. Three of the best action movies I know of. Wait, wait. How old is he? Is he? He's 12. Okay. That's fine. 12 is fine for John Wick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little intense. Old, but... old enough to know that you don't mess with a dog. So. Ah, uh, well, that's true. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's been it's it's been a weekend. I, I Not much more to say. Oh, yeah. We can talk about it later. I, we, 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 we'll talk about the Superman the the my adventures with superman that's blowing up like in a good way so but we can talk about that later we'll talk about that actually in a minute how about you jd how are you doing sliding in here a little late <laughs> i couldn't get google open on my computer i opened my computer and my email wouldn't i had to reboot google and then my email wouldn't open up and it took me like 10 minutes to get in i'm like what is going on here so some bookkeeping snafus week probably the worst week as a wrestling coach i've had about years 
saw some I saw some of your posts. You didn't Yeah, make- I was not having a good week. No, I was not having a good week. Kid that I spent a good year of my time and extra effort and energy working on the site, he's not gonna come to our school. So that's cool. Um very happy about that. And then Mike and I, from my friend Mike Gilbert and I, who, who host our wrestling podcast, Mike and JD Show, have left have left our network, Viking Media, because they got dropped. We had dropped by Blue Wire, and you know they decided to take the whole network to Patreon, and we were actually doing pretty good numbers. So we're like, I don't think that works for us. So we had to leave, which kind of sucked. But we got picked up by a bigger network, which I, I can't officially say yet because the deal has not officially been signed as of yet. But we're all but signed with the new one. So, you know, just change, you know, a lot of change. School say, starts start, next week. We could start the Superhero Speak Network and, you know. Well, Dave, we're going to talk. Well, Dave, we're going to talk about that in a minute. So change, yeah, is, like friend, change is scary. Change is like scary. I'm in trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I saw some of the stuff you were talking with me behind the scenes about some of this. And uh, can't, I, no offense to the fighting media, but waiting for uh, their diva to show. Oh, he's talking about you. <sighs> They don't have the numbers to go behind a payroll wall. It's always a bad idea, you know, unfortunately. And yeah, like I wish them luck, but yeah, like it's tough. We've tried putting stuff behind the paywall before on Patreon and we're just not there yet to for people to be interested in it. So um, yeah, it has, hasn't quite worked out. Yes. So hopefully we will get there one day. Our Our YouTube is definitely growing. So that's a good thing. And uh, yeah, anything so, else, JD? Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, JD, JD is has a look of consternation, or he's locked you? up again. I am realizing I'm old. <laughs> Just now? Just now? I had to babysit again. That's why we're. That's why we're tonight instead of uh, Sunday night again. This is, should be the last time for a while. But yeah, I babysat my three granddaughters, and they're a handful. I even had. Karen with me this this time to help out. She left, so she had to leave around like eight o'clock. So I was on my own after she left. the The one was not happy when she left and uh-huh. need to make more tiki tots. Anyway, sorry, I'll get that a second. Need more tick. Oh gods. Ah. That's from our that's from our good friend Randy. But this was an interesting thing. So the Pavlovian stuff is real. <laughs> uh-huh. My daughter did not tell me about this last time. This time she was like, oh, when you're ready to like put them in bed, because she's like, you know, try to get them to go to sleep. I know it's going to be hard. Try to get them to go to sleep before I get home. And I'm like, okay. And she said, when it's time to put them down, play Yoshi. Not Yoshi. Mush- Moshi, it's called. And it's Mo- you look that? for it on YouTube. It's, it's basically like a bedtime story about a, a sleepy koala who who's trying to get to dreamland and he has this like little adventure. But the thing is, it's just a woman talking in a really low voice. And it's just a cartoon drawing of the koala laying under a tree that's with like leaves blowing by and it's real soft music playing. And I put that on and they were all out in five minutes. (laughs) I was shocked how well that worked. So yeah. So that did save me a little bit. So yeah, they, they went to sleep a little after nine and then they were out till their, parents got home and then i was... well it's either that or listen to me describe object permanence and well, i mean object orientated programming to somebody i can put somebody to sleep in about five seconds with that i believe I'm that. sure you could yes so so a couple of comments came in here randy said we need more tiki talks yep <laughs> uh the most successful practice is to have a normal show with 
extra content behind the Patreon wall. Yeah, we tried that like a few years ago. JD needs to do a Kickstarter for a new computer. I'm worried about that. Don't talk about that. <laughs> and Randy, need to start GoFundMe for oh. No, this wasn't the Wi-Fi this week. This is the actual computer is giving me issues, which is strange because this computer rarely, rarely gives me problems. So Wi-Fi is a different story, but we'll see what happens. I'm trying to delete a bunch of garbage off the shit this while we're doing the shows. So see how that goes. I know my 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 iCloud is full. I've got to take care of that. Everything everything I'm doing is running perfectly because I (laughs) I am constantly tinkering with this stuff to make sure. But then that's you know, alpha geek. So the, my, <laughs> my, you, you're talking about paywalls. My problem with paywalls is like a lot of the YouTubers that I watch, they'll have a paywall too. And I want to see, I want to like, or let's see reactors. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of reactors that I like watching. Mm-hmm. And if I want to see the uncut versions of their stuff and the other stuff that they only release under paywall, I have to pay 10 bucks a month. It's like if if all you're going to give me is four or five videos a month, that's not worth ten bucks because agreed. You know, because there, there's a lot of YouTubers I like. Now the best one I like is a guy named Logic, and his paywall is for every for every video that he releases over a month, uh, your Patreon will 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 give him two dollars. So that way, at least I'm paying exactly for what I want. And I'm willing, and his stuff is really good. I'm willing to pay that much for it. But for others, you know, it's like three, what, three or four YouTubers that I want to watch. And suddenly I'm spending like 50 bucks a month. It's not worth it. I think, I think once we get enough yearly views here to monetize on YouTube, we'll, we'll revisit the Patreon stuff maybe. Well, we weren't doing like for a Patreon. I mean, like we, the vast majority of the people that would download our shows were also on the Patreon. So like, but the problem was we were getting it split like 12 ways. So I was making, you know, 25, 30 bucks a month, you know, with one person is nothing. But if it was like, it's, you know, if it's one person, that's a lot of, that's a decent month's haul, you know? So it was doing okay on Patreon, but like my argument is there's no way to grow, you know? Yeah. Especially for us. Cause we, you know, we would do typically the best numbers on the network, you know, for every episode we would we were number one. So it's like, right. why would we, what sense does it make for us to go <clears throat> behind, you know, behind paywall with all of our stuff? So it, it just doesn't make, it didn't make any sense. And I was showing them the numbers that we would get in for our, that we get for our show, which again, for our, our YouTube views, which are, excuse me, which are solid, fine, but it was blowing our wrestling ones out, out of the water. So Hopefully when Mike and because it's actually the new network is that we can do our own Patreon and we don't have to split it. So it'll just be between right. Mike and I. So, yeah. So this stuff is a work in progress. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully my computer is operational. And then, you know, we'll go from there. <laughs> well, speaking of people who watch the show, got a little bit, just a tiny bit of social media madness. And these are just comments from YouTube because, as you know, we launched the interview series. So every Friday I'm putting up a different interview. And uh, we mm-hmm. got some comments on those. The first one was on the uh, Nicole Kane interview. We had Kassan chimed in, said, good interview. I like when you introduce unknown talent to your audience. And Crispy Tortilla, we haven't heard from him in a long time. He used to comment all the time. Cool artist, cool interview. And then over on the social studies interview, that was Adam Ollihoff and Mike Vergilo. I think that's how you say it. It's a very Italian 
with a V. Virgilio. Virgilio. You know yeah, Virgilio. Yes, especially ethnic names. This is this is Mark Smith said kind of off topic, but do you but do you that huh? <laughs> I think this is I see I have a hard time with this, but this is bad English. But do you that the market? Do you think that I think, think that's that. what you meant? To, yeah. Do you think that the market has been flooded with superhero movies so much <laughs> so it has impacted the enjoyment of them from the average consumer? I remember when I first saw Iron Man and it was great. And being a longtime fan of Robert Downey Jr., the movie seemed perfect. Now it seems like there are we are in phase 37 waiting on Avengers 25 to come out in theaters. And DC movies were thrown together to compete against Marvel and their success. Here's um, what's here's what's wild. Talk about the summer of 2008 when Iron Man launched. That was also the summer we got the Dark Knight. So it's funny that the narrative has become, oh, DC just threw all this stuff together to compete with Marvel when DC made the far more successful movie that year. Right. Right. True. But they weren't interested in doing like this big film universe. They were just out. Christopher Nolan was just out there. I'm going to make really kick-ass movies. Right. Which and now it's, we did work. Those Dark Knight movies were good. Even the bad Dark Knight movies, a good movie. Right. Dark Knight Rises yeah. isn't a great isn't a great Dark Knight. It's good. It's better than the overwhelming majority of crap Marvel has put out since Endgame. Yeah. yeah. Find it. I mean, it's down there. Yeah. yeah no, it's I, way better than that. So now I'm to the point where I don't even give a flying fuck about these universes. I just want a good movie. I find it interesting that the there is a like at first it was the diehard fans who well, people like us, let's put it that way, who started talking about fatigue and now it's like everyone seems to be talking about it like this is just too much you know yeah they should have put a pin in it at end game or not yeah end game and been like okay now let's go do something new you know and i don't think i just wish they focused on making movies right it seems like they're just they're just focusing on well we're going to build the next big thing you know rather than you know the thanos stuff worked and it took years to develop but like this kang thing it's already i feel like it's already kind of dead yeah yeah we'll talk about that in a minute we're talking about loki season two yeah this is going to be interesting so before we get all that if you want to be part of social media madness for next week here's our good friend don to tell you more enjoying the show do you want to be part of social media madness could someone get well go ahead and head on over to superherospeak.com you'll find all the links you need episodes of the show comic reviews by chris and other articles we're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, you can also check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, baby, So Wizard Podcast, Fans on Patrol, The Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars, and you're not going to be disappointed. So, make sure that you are commenting on our Twitter articles could be a poignant comment, could be a stupid one. Either way, gives you a chance for Dave to possibly mispronounce your Twitter handle. All right, well, I've rambled on enough. Let's head back to Dave and the gents on Superhero Speak. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, Don. Um, and I messed up names already tonight. Uh, That's what you do. Don says, I think fatigue is the studios blaming the audience for not paying money for crappy products. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. Make good movies again. Oh God! Mig- Migma, Migma, Magma, 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 liquid hot Magma. Oh, there's Don. There's Don. Don's back. I miss Don. Give me X Men. I know. I know. I want X Men too. 
there, there's like, John. We're getting close. We're get we're getting close to that. I mean, the Fantastic Four has been in the news lately. That's not close to X Men. That's Fantastic Four. Ro- I know, but it seems like they're going to do Fantastic Four first, and then the X Men or something. I don't know. Maybe sure. Both at the I'm same just time. I, I'm just tired of all this other crap they're trying to give us. That, yeah. Well. Yeah, we'll get that in a second. Yeah, well, did you hear the latest rumors around Fantastic Four that the villain's going to be Galactus for the first one? I did hear that. Oh, my God. It's not didn't. That's why I didn't put it in the news, but it was like, as long as it's not a a space cloud, I don't know. Giant fart cloud? While we all think about giant fart clouds, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with the news. Some podcasts are like this. I think that our misunderstanding concerns the intent behind what I would consider an act of love. When I pull the covers over our heads after a sizable fart and turn our bed into a linen gas chamber, it's me sharing with you, whom I love deeply, one of the things in my life that I'm most proud of, and that is the decibel level and aromatic violence that my sphincter is capable of. To bask in it together is a bonding experience that has the potential to deepen our bond of love. And she's gone. And some podcasts are like this. You want to make a lot of money, WB? This is what you do. Take Batman the Animated Series. Do that! Just do that in live action. Sold. Superman the Animated Series. Do that! Sold billion right there, Mr. Freeze with the dome, with the dome, with the dome, with the dome. Give me a guy with a puppet who's scary as. Give me a racial ambiguous Lex Luthor. Right. I don't know what he is. <laughs> I don't want to know. No one knows, knows what he is. We don't know what he is. Got a black voice. He's white, but he got big lips. I don't know what he is. But do that. Do that. Take the storylines from it if you want to, and we would love it. That seems simple enough to me. Does that seem simple enough to y'all? Yeah. Would you yeah. be okay with that? Give me give me a guy Easy. who's made of clay. Easy. He's made of clay. He's made of clay. No, 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 not he got disfigured in an accident. No. He's made of clay. Clay. His name's Clayface. Clayface. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. How do you get in a suit so tight you can't hear yourself, my nigga? She was yelling her lines at first, and like Tim was like, shh, shh, shh. Break it down. <laughs> Break it down. Just just I am Catwoman here! No. <laughs> I can't skip even deadlier. (laughs) I feel so yummy in this. So much more yummier. Just fucking. (laughs) Michelle, Michelle. Whoa. Bring it down. Bring it down. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew's in the corner, like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's metal as fuck. Metal's fucking screaming latex, bitch. <laughs> you are now listening to Cult 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet, sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, Clayface was actually made from an accident. He wasn't yeah. just a guy made of clay. Right. Yeah. Uh, the At least the first, the first one, there's three clay faces. There's multiple clay faces, but the one that everyone thinks of, the one from Batman the Animated Series, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was an that accident. was yeah. that was an accident. Still a great, um, still a great two part episode. You know, you could actually do a podcast on just reviewing Batman the Animated Series episodes. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh my god! Not yeah. that I'm pushing us in a direction. I'm just saying. That I'm episode sure was called Feet of Clay, though, right? Feet of Clay, yes. written by Marv yeah. Wolfman. He of the Teen Titans fame. Nice. Also, I know Randy's thinking right now, hey, I sent you two commercials. Yes, I didn't. The The problem is the ones you sent me, Randy, are, are big because they're full HD. I had to downgrade it to 720 so that I could upload it to our stream yard. So. As usual, we have to downgrade everything before we can show it because yeah, exactly. we, we that... live in the muck. Hi, Drew. Yeah, Drew being up for it. Batman Returns, uh, yeah, Batman Returns is... Influence the youngest son just, deeply. Catwoman wrapped in my expectations as a teenager. Warped, warped, not wrapped. Cat, cap, cap, <laughs> oh, it wrapped my expectations. Oh, yeah. I wasn't warped. It was warp is assuming something went wrong. It was nothing but pure righteousness going on in that film. Young says JD on the edge of puberty was figuring things out watching that thing. Yeah, sorry. Two British guys already doing the, the Batman podcast. But you know what? Oh. Oh, we can put an American spin on it. Fuck those guys. <laughs> We're doing an idea that I just had right now. See, <laughs> Kasanka said, LOL, JD, yeah. I had many, many a night as a young, young boy discovering yeah. things about myself, thinking about Michelle Pfeiffer in that skin tight suit. All yeah. right. I brought up, I, okay, okay. Oh, wait. There was something else. I will, we'll talk about that in a second. I brought up this first article because I found it interesting. Recently, in an interview, Gal Gadot let it slip that she is working currently with James Gunn on developing Wonder Woman 3. See, she's and, too good a Wonder Woman to lose. And it really is. They're also saying that it's possibly a reboot for the character, right? <clears throat> to bring her into this new DCEU. Um, Hopefully this time her, her theme music doesn't follow her around even into like yeah, even into uncomfortable situations like Shazam is dead in the ground. <laughs> it's like, come on, I feel, like man. She, I feel like she goes to take a shit and it's like <laughs> maybe they come up with better with, with a better theme song. I mean it can't be worse. And I'm not as anti-Zimmer as you are, but that thing was trash. Yeah. Drew says I had Batman and Robin. First of all, sir, I'm sorry. We all had Batman and Robin, and it's a cultural thing. We need to just move on with as a community. But you're saying Alicia Silverstone. The three minutes that she had that outfit was sensational. The rest of the movie was absolute ass cheeks. Yes, mm -hmm. and Son says the story was pure crap because it nullifies the reason for letting Cavill go. No, sir. Uh, I, no, here's what I got. Here's what I'll counter with that. We're talking about DC Comics. Let me inter let me tell you about a little thing called the Crisis on Infinite Earths, in which the thing it's like the salad bar concept of DCU that I've that of DC Comics that I've always professed and spoken of with this show yes. is where you just get rid of the stuff that doesn't work and you keep the things that do, and it leads to people being more confused for years and years to come, and then you hmm. just do it again years down the line. So the reason I brought the story up because like 
I think it's exciting that she's going to stay on it. It's going to keep some people around. But the thing is, she herself comes out and says this in an interview. I, I think for comicbook.com or something like that. Like, yeah, I've talked to James. We're, we're working on this, blah, blah. And then the Hot Mike podcast, who is hosted by, I can't remember the guy's name, but he used to be a film critic, and now he's got this podcast. And he goes, I know people over at Warner Brothers, and they say this isn't true. And so now there's like saying it's debunked. And it's like, the actress herself came out and said this, and said she had a conversation with James Gunn. James Gunn has made no official statement on it. Is there a contract? No. True. Then there's nothing to it. I don't know, but... That's yeah, what but I'm it saying. And uh, well, here's the thing: is anything can anything go for? No, nothing can go for. So nothing is real until it's real. And Warner Brothers, David Zaslav, saving a hundred million dollars during this strike, because he is the most out of touch CEO of the dickhead CEOs. So he's going to announce yeah. that to everybody. So until the strike is over, it's not real. It might be. Wonder Woman two worked? Question mark. Kassan said no. Wonder Woman two was ass, but she wasn't the problem with that movie. No, the problem with that the, movie that was, was the a, script bad script and the director kind of lost her touch i liked it you are <laughs> your ta- your taste in film is interesting sir and i have a hunch we'll revisit this later in the show yeah. i think we will spider uh, gwen that's all i have to say yes <laughs> dave draws dave draws lines in the sand where you go really that that is that was the line huh really <laughs> that's the who you want to die on huh? yeah, that's that it's like, really this is this is what sets you off huh and you never know when it's gonna come but when it comes you're like wow <laughs> that one. Hmm. Kassan says, it could be that Gal is trying to pressure the studio to use her again, get popular opinion in favor, result in the studio will follow with the popularity. Okay, I, that's not a bad point, but that's happened considerably to a considerable amount of times with Warner specifically, and they seem to have gone, no, no more. Because I think if that was the case, Henry Cavill would still be around. Yeah. People because people want... Yeah, because the popular opinion is all about no, him. I mean, it's, never been a, it's never been anti-Henry Cavill. Yeah. But I think he's right. just so associated with the Snyderverse where I don't think that Gal Gadot is necessarily thought of as being Snyderverse. Like, I think, like, people think of her, they think more of Patty Jenkins than they do Zack Stewart or uh, Zack Snyder. Right. Yeah. And it's it's also very possible she had this conversation. It just, you know, it was just a conversation, but he probably might have said anything. She probably shouldn't have said anything, realistically right. speaking. Right. Yeah, people, I, have, people have conversations again, in Hollywood all the time. I just find it interesting, like, a guy on on a podcast who might know someone at Warner Brothers is like, I'm debunking this, and it's like, well, this is what I'm getting at. Like, gotta get those clicks. We're man. just we're just three idiots on a podcast. Yes, I, we know people that I know people that work for Marvel and DC, but like, I would never sit there and go, I'm debunking this because my friend Joe said he didn't hear anything about it, so it's got to be wrong. Like, what? You he know? might. Th- like, I mean, that this dude, whoever this dude may be, may think that this is the facts and this is what Warner's doing, but we don't. We don't know that for sure. Nobody does. I mean, like, realistically, Gal probably shouldn't have said anything, but hey, we're in a strike. And she has made it a, she has not, not screwed this up before, right? Let us not forget that. Let us not forget her. Was it Imagine that all the celebrities were singing during COVID? Oh, and God. Yeah. Working? She's part Everybody of that. went right here, yeah. <laughs> right here with your Imagine. So, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not super. And some of her political opinions being, you know, of the descent that she is sometimes getting a little bit of hot water. So she probably should have just waited until they announced something. Yeah, she has some of the problems with the Israeli versus Palestine thing. I didn't want to touch it, but that's the problem. Mm. Depending yeah. on where you what depending on we where you not touch fall that. On that. No, a, that yeah. is a major, major hot button issue. That's a third rail. Three, yeah. That three white guys from the US should not be talking about, quite frankly. Right. Exactly. Pretty, in some ways, yeah. And not on this show, my friend. Maybe yeah. on God, I wish I had one ready to go. Maybe on 
archaeological <laughs> hero speak. <laughs> so not gonna happen. All right. Well, here's a question, real quick. The last thing on this topic: Do we want Gal Gadot to continue as Wonder Woman? Yeah, she's great. With yeah, with a with a good script, she's a perfect yeah. Wonder. Woman. I cannot imagine anybody else playing Wonder Woman at this point. She was like great. she she was. It's like Robert Downey Jr. It's perfect casting. It's like Christopher Reeve is what it is. Yeah. 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 And and we know that she can do the part right because there were because the parts of Wonder Woman one the the first movie where where she was let to do what she should she was awesome yeah you know she can get the emotions down she gets the de- I mean it's just it's all perfect she's she's good all she needs is a good script and a good director and we're we're good to go she is not the problem. You know, she has never been the problem. I think Wonder Woman's kind of a tricky character. Because, like, think about comic-wise. Like, there's not a lot of... It's not Batman. It's not Superman. Where in there's, like, this this plethora of, like, legendary Wonder Woman stories from which to draw. Right? There's, like, run, some runs that are better than others. But it's not, like... She's more of an idea that works in concept more so than I think. I think she's, like, Superman, a difficult character to execute at times. True. Um, but, you know... The, a lot, a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the, a lot of the good storylines that could be based around her are based around. Again, I hate to say, and, and I don't know if this was before Bruce Tim, but Bruce Tim's take on her, which is she wasn't just a warrior; she was a scholar. No, that was a, that was in the yeah, comics. A warrior, a George Perez. She, oh yeah, okay, yeah, but she like she had to straddle the line between being an ambassador and also being a warrior. And that gave her a depth that is well worth mining for for storylines, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think she's as bad as Cassandra thinks. This gal's great question mark. Her acting chops are her beauty and an eyebrow raise. She's gorgeous. Let's not get that. Let's not mince matter. Like, me about that. But I think she's fine as one woman. Like, I, I feel like can we can we like be completely honest here for a second? I I honestly feel like that's a criticism. That a lot of beautiful actresses get. If somebody doesn't like them, that. they only they only got the job because they're beautiful. And it's like, is that true? Like, I think she did a fish out of water in the first one perfectly. Like that, yeah. all that stuff in the beginning. Like, and then, you know, then making you believe that she's this this powerful warrior that cares about everyone and wants to like jump out on the battlefield. That scene is like that. It's the great. No Man's Land scene is amazing, and mm-hmm. she's a lot to do with that. It's not just eyebrow raising you know um, no she she played it very well as somebody who you know was like i cannot let these people get hurt i have to help them and that's what right. a hero is mm-hmm. right i'm right. going to go out there because exactly. i have to because there's no other choice i cannot not help these people right. and and the thing about and the thing about beautiful actresses like jerry ryan is the perfect example everybody thought she got added to voyage are you sure are you sure you want to go here with this one john <laughs> i i do because okay. she's an she's a really good actress she gave that part depth that n- you normally wouldn't get with just a model that was assigned the, the you know the the part to raise the flagging viewership of an aging star star trek vehicle right when you and said which, raise... which she was which she, she was she was she was she was brought on to breathe new life into it because of her looks. But then she took the part, made it her own. And she's, yes. she's turned out to be an incredible actress. It was, so, 
was you wondering know. where you were going when you said raise the flag of the audience. I thought you were making a euphemism. No, um, no, raise, my, raise my the flag counter- of viewership. You know. Yes. Oh, the viewership rate. The viewership flag was raised Look, when she was on know, screen. Let me tell you something. Let me friend. let me let, uh, let me put you let me put you this way. After she after they did that, they figured, oh, we can do this again, and they brought they, in Blay, Blaylock yeah, into I was Enterprise, like, and it sucked. She is not a good actress. No. I don't think Jerry Ryan's a bad actress. I will counter that with what's she done since. She's done a I lot think, of sci-fi, basically. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like I don't, I I don't think she. Tr- I agree. She was very good as seven and nine, but I don't know if she transcended the role. I, I know. I, but part of that problem, her career again, did. my part of that problem might be again, when you, when you start, when you You're start right. working sci-fi, you get pigeonholed in sci-fi. This when you true. start or, work as a beautiful, a, as a beautiful model actress, you get pigeonholed as a beautiful model actress. I, I think that she might not have been given many opportunities after that because of that. But in the parts that she has been doing, and she's been back on Picard, she kills it. I think you know? it, she makes you, you feel what she's feeling, and, and that's all, all you need for any actor to give you. Stop it! Uh, I'll stop. Okay. Um, I, Randy I, I, says. Back. Randy says my flag is at attention for her. I, no, I, I, you know I, I don't mean I would it that way. Expect nothing I'm, less from you, sir. I would expect nothing less. You know, I'm just trying to. I, I'm just trying to Glass raise up. a point. Glass up I the joint. I get. Um, but back to back to back to Gal Gadot. <laughs> I think, and I actually think her Israeli accent works for the character. It, it gives does. the character this, it helps exotic the exotic. There you go. That's a great term for it. The exoticness of Wonder Woman, something that I don't even think they actually played up in the television, in the, the Justice League animated series or any no. adaptation of Wonder Woman. She's always just been kind of this American. English. Yeah. Yeah. Very super, very, it's very easy to steer in a woman as like chick Superman, right? And it's lazy. And I think right. just Gal's presence really helps carry that to something. I'll say it elevates it to something different. Like, I think she's good. I mean, like, okay, we talk about beautiful, like Charlize Theron early in her career had that knock too, because she is stunningly beautiful, right? Uh-huh. And then she played a serial killer with bad teeth, won an Oscar, and people are like, oh, you're really, you're actually really good. Oh, that's right. Then, yeah, she, yeah. yeah, she was amazing in that. Yeah, Monster, Monster she's, she's called her. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. And then she got to be like a real actress for the rest of her career, doing whatever the hell she wanted for the next 20 right. years while being remarkably attractive, right? And I'm not saying I don't think Gal Gadot's on that level, right? I'm not trying to say that, but Dave's right. Sometimes that that label does get attached to really good-looking people, right? Nobody says Chris Pine only has that because he's incredibly gorgeous. Chris Pine, by the way, a remarkably handsome man, but nobody ever says that, right? Am I wrong? Am I on an island? True. No, Chris no, Pine's you're, you're, you're no, no, you're, 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 no, you're kind of right. I if mean, you, like if, Tom Cruise, you had, him, you know, you you name you the said, actor. Tom Cruise is great. Tom Cruise is a great example, actually. Tom Cruise is a guy that people early in his career wrote off as just, you know, beefcake, right? And he yeah. had a real, he was a really, believe it or not, there was a time that Tom Cruise was a really good actor who was winning Academy Awards and yeah. like, was doing great. Now he has a death wish, right? Like Tom yeah. Cruise is going to no, die yeah. doing a stunt well, one day, right? He's I not think gonna that's what die. he wants. He's not going to die because they have plenty mm. of thetans to take his place from the Church of Scientology. <laughs> Randy says, no, you're right. Chris Pine's stupid hot. Thank you. But like, all right, um, maybe you and yeah. Randy need to have a private room. Can we that, not? 
<laughs> There's nothing wrong with discussion. saying another girls can talk all the time about how pretty other girls are, and nobody gets all wonky about it. But if a dude says that's a good looking dude, everyone gets like, oh, they get all. Well, I didn't say anything about that. Chris, Pine, Chris Pine is a good looking man, and I'm comfortable enough he in is. my sexuality to say it and admit it. Now I have no problem admitting when men are attractive. So is Henry Cavill for that matter. Henry Cavill's a damn good looking man. Yeah, that Affleck I never got. No, it's the chin. Just never got the that chin. Affleck. Yeah. But you're right. Tom Cruise did a few good men, wins an Oscar, and then yeah, born uh, born on the fourth of July, man. Yeah, and oh then yeah, decides, that was right, an amazing. I want to try to kill myself. Now, <laughs> now the... he wants. I'm convinced he is he is trying to die making a movie because I think that if like legit, if he falls off a helicopter shooting a Mission Impossible movie, he's gonna sail to the ground and be like, I'm free, and be like totally cool with it. Right? Tell me that's not how that guy wants it to end. L. Ron Hubbard, take me away. Oh, oh God, yes. <laughs> Yeah, be careful the lawyers the lawyers are knocking on the door now i don't think i don't think one woman has to be greek so to say you know yeah. i think she just has to sound exotic because like the mascara is in the mediterranean and there's lots of different accents floating around the mediterranean israeli being one of them i can't say i can't even say that woman's name not if you pay yeah don't don't make dave do that <laughs> Sideropolo? Sideropolo. sure i mean greek greek person Tanya. Okay. Tanya. I right. don't. I've never. I don't know what she's been in. So. Me neither. No clue. Let's let's walk across the aisle and talk about a little Marvel news. We got the trailer for Loki season two came out. I don't know. It looks interesting. I, obviously, I'm, they they felt like they had to have a hook for the season. And I'm sorry. Keep up Randy's comment. Casada's pulling all the stops of the hot Greek penis. Nice. <laughs> the hot Greek penis. <laughs> all right. Back on track. Back to the plot. <sighs> that struck you me guys. funny. I mean, oh, shit. seriously, sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. That would be. <laughs> we should put this behind the paywall where oh. it's safer for, other, for, for the populace. Oh, Lord. Whew. I'm sorry, Dave, you were talking. And, and Kassan is also happy to mess with my name saying stunt. <laughs> Obviously, they had to give a. a they, they came up with a hook. Apparently. Loki is being pulled through time and he can't control it. Because like Dr. Sam Beckett. On, yes, because he's in the wrong TVA in the wrong timeline. And the actor's name, Data. Or, um, Brett, uh, Brett Spiner. Brett Spiner, yeah. No. You said Data. Or Short Round. He was Data in oh, Goonies. Uh, oh. oh, other Data. Kikwan. Ki, oh, Kikwan. Ki, shit, fuck. Oh, give me a second. <laughs> um, is in this season. He works at the TVA. I love that scene that they, they start the, the, the trailer with where they walk in and it's like, what's the problem? And he, he phases in and phases out. Kikwan, like, I had it. It was right. It didn't didn't Kikwan win an Oscar for... Yeah, he did. Oh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, all at once, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I got total Quantum Leap vibes from this from this trailer, right? Yes. Yes. This is what the Quantum Leap reboot should have been. Oh. <laughs> Man, there's a there's like archival footage somewhere of me just trashing the pilot for Quantum Leap that I hated. Did they bring it back <laughs> or did they cancel it? I think it's gone. I think it's I think the it most charismalist cast in television history. Ugh. Hated that thing. This looks fun. It's Loki. Loki's got a lot of like accrued interest for me, so I'm not ready to shit on it yet, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Um, and I like the dynamic between Hiddleston and and Wilson. Owen Wilson's like, good with everybody. He's he could that's like his entire career. It's yeah, just playing I, off of people and doing a great job of it. 
Yeah. By, by the way, I hate to give you bad news, but Quantum Leap was renewed for a second season, which yeah, because says I think season two was yeah. announced. That that yeah, Gross. it's not going to work out for them. They <laughs> they cast Scott Bakula. Is Scott Bakula on the show? No, I don't know. I no, that I've heard. <laughs> if 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 he was, we would have heard about it. Let's put it That's that way. right. And we probably would have gone through every geek circle we're a part of. There's no way we'd miss that. My wife just tried to call me. I don't know why. Then she knows I'm on a show. Sorry. <laughs> Everything's okay. So, yeah. You know, so, well, while he's looking at that, I- I'm excited for Loki season two. Like, yeah, definitely. You know, gentlemen, I need a couple minutes. My son has locked my wife in her office. <laughs> I, I will return. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We here at Super Speak like to give you, we 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 like to give you some drama. You know, we gotta we gotta manufacture it sometimes, like paying somebody's child to lock their mother in a in an office. But uh, you know, we're not above that. (laughs) That's how we paid for that. Randy's got a good point. The the strike will hold season two off for a little while of uh, Quantum Leap. It might (laughs) it might get it might still get canceled. You're right. You know, October. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's an interesting point. The last time we had a strike, a big strike like this, it affected a lot of network television in the fact that like shows got canceled because they just couldn't come. They couldn't get their audience back when they came back. And it, um, it should it should affect all the streaming services too, all of the original programming on the streaming services, because same problem. It, it will. Right. But I think it'll take it a little longer because a lot of that stuff is pre-done. Like, I feel like Loki. Season well, anything that and, they have uh, announced is pre-done. Right. Yeah. Right, and Ahsoka, like those are pro- those are already in the can, right. so it won't affect those shows. The the only studio that isn't affected is A twenty four. Why? Because A twenty four, the pinnacle of horror these days, they basically they basically talked to the was it to was it to the Actors Guild and said, sure, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll give them the raises, we'll do what you need because they these guys help us make our money. Like A twenty four is the only studio that said. You're you're right. You need you need these rules. No problem. Every every but, other studio is fighting it. Are they based in the United States though? Probably not. I'm that was say, my guess because mo- most most what is it? Most other countries they work hand in hand with the what do you call them? Guilds or whatever. They 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 like in Germany. It's it's like a famous story in my circles where in Germany, like when you start a, a company, the first thing you do is say hello to your union bosses and work and and they're part of the board always and like you run the company with yeah. the union bosses they're, and they're, and they're, and they never have a problem they're based in manhattan they're they're a new york company so well huh. then they're smarter than the rest of the studios that's for sure because they're the only ones that said you know what no problem let's see it's not gonna let this go one more comment on gal She's in a movie airing on Netflix called Heart of Stone. Oh, I heard Let's about that. See how good her acting chops are. It's releasing this month. Like fair enough, Kassan. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably watch it with my girlfriend on a date night. Sure, why not? We'll see. What was I liked that other I mean, you had The Rock, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. What was that spy or not that thief movie? And they all that, ended up being thieves at the end. That um, was God. That wasn't that supposed was, to be a good movie though. I'm back, by the way. That was just you like, are? <laughs> I have returned. Life with children is interesting. That wasn't supposed was, to be like a good movie. It was just supposed to be like a, you know, fun little popcorn thing. And it was uh, just a popcorn thing. Yeah. Popcorn. Uh, popcorn. Hassan says it depends. In UK, they 
have their own actor and writer guilds. They are not on strike. Correct. I think we'll see a slew of UK-based content next year. I think that's um, a good. I think there's a good chance of that happening. I actually, I you know what? I don't disagree with that because Netflix does buy a lot of stuff from other countries and ports it. So they're probably just going to do that to keep themselves going for a while. Hey, um, that means notice. we get more Doctor Who. Yeah. All right. We do have a new season coming up of Doctor Who. Red Notice Ooh. was not great. That's great. what he was saying. Yeah, Red Notice <laughs> was not good. The beat, the beat really worked. Out. Red Notice was not great. It was not. <laughs> yes. The beat works. It did not All work. Right. It did not work. John and I are excited for Loki season two. You're you're on board? I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm looking more forward to this than anything Marvel has talked about since Guardians. Me too. Wow. No, that, I mean, no, this it, it's season, got Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, season yeah. Loki's a great character. He's a legacy character. He's back when Mar- he's from back when Marvel was good, and like season one was good, like it was a good show. I'm curious and, to see how we fix the Loki problem or the the Kang problem, excuse me. And I don't mean the character. Well, actually, because they, they kind of shit at it in the shitty Ant Man movie, they're like, oh, he was. This is our new big bad. He was beaten by a bunch of ants his first time out. <laughs> well, one version of him. The version that yeah. they they was it they they sealed into the microverse in order to keep him there because he had destroyed several realities. So the guy who has destroyed several realities beaten, beaten by ants. Yeah, you're right. Just, Kevin Feige has lost his touch. Let's be real. Even I Nolan Ryan had to retire much. eventually. I do. Even like I said, even Nolan Ryan had eventually. Sure. But I, I think he's just handling too much. That's the problem. You know. I think you might be right. I think they've they're growing. I think you need to contract a little bit. I think we got a little crazy. You know, we the po- ooh, the possibilities of, of Disney Plus and new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So, so Sophia DiMartino and, and Owen Wilson, like, and, and Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, no problem. That's that's going to be good, probably. Mostly. William Shatner took over your profile. <laughs> so this last article I brought just for JD. Ooh. <laughs> David Ayer oh, he has, sucks. Said that he has said the air cut is coming. Oh, fuck. He has talked to Gunn, and the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad will be released. How it will be released, we don't know if it's going to be on streaming or if they'll put it in the theater. Yeah. And when you say Suicide Squad, it's the first one. Not, yes. It's, it's Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. <laughs> That was my least favorite DC movie, and I really hated Batman v Superman. But apparently, there's less cringeworthy garbage. There's still a lot of big laser light from the sky, and Cara Delvigny doing a weird little twitchy thing as the Enchantress. <laughs> God, I hated that movie. I guess we have to watch it for the stupid shows. <laughs> I guess. I guess we're gonna see it well, next next year, 2024. They're saying so. Fine, whatever. I mean, like they've moved on, so whatever. I, mean, I keep wondering if we're going to get, because of Kevin Smith, I keep wondering if we're going we're gonna to get the Joel Schumacher recut of Batman Forever where he gets amnesia and they're trying to convince us it's a better movie. You guys are about no. that, right? I know. Yeah. I, I've heard there's a Schumacher cut. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I'm not interested. By, by and by, speaking of the DCU, was it despite rampant speculation from fans, DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn has confirmed that Grant Gustin is not in the running to join the DC universe. Damn it. That's fine, because then they would tie them into the Arrowverse, and I don't want them to be tied into the Arrowverse. They should just do something. They're trying to do something new. Like I said, I actually, crisis stuff. You keep what works, you get rid of what doesn't. I was actually listening to another podcast last week, and they brought up a really great point. Like, if you brought in Grant Gustin, people would be expecting you to bring everyone in from the show. Mm-hmm. 
That's the problem. It's not just that's the problem. They would expect it to be the version from the show when it was like, no, you just want to bring him in to be the Flash in this movie and all new cast around him, and yeah, that wouldn't work. So oh, that's why you yeah, it's, especially since what's his face, Stephen Amell, some comments he made about the strike. What a dipshit! Did you what hear about the stiff? My God, no, no, he, I did hear he, something he, last week where he said. He he doesn't feel like he's hung up the arrow for the last time, but well, he no. might have now. He might have yeah. now. He was at a he's promoting heels, which he's not the new show, which he's not supposed to be doing right now. He's supposed to be on strike, and he's at a comic con talking about it, and he's like, oh, I don't really support the strike. I don't think this does anything for anybody. It's really kind of stupid. And the entire union said, Shut the fuck up. And he responded as I was just talking. I was kind of out of turn, out of frustration. I support my union. You his, know, his, so. his official press release person, the way they explained it is, his comment was, I don't feel like negotiations help anybody, and I don't think striking helps anybody, but I do support the strike. The problem is the way he said it on stage mm-hmm. left out the part where, but I do support so, the strike. So, the you know, it's it's up to wh- whatever you believe about Stephen Amell. But I, dumbass, <laughs> Stephen Amell, and, and I have not met him. I have a lot of friends who have met him and worked with him at cons. He loves all of this. Like he loves going to cons. He loves his fans. And I get it. Yeah, the union has put a lot of weird rules about what they can do at cons. Yeah, because um, the the AMTPM puts in a lot of weird, weird rules about them not making money and them fucking people over. And it does. It's not a problem when you're not one of the actors being fucked over. So some guys yeah, no, get all snapped like, up into them and not into everybody else. No, but I'm saying like they can't. They can only sign headshots. They can't sign any pictures from a show. They don't it's want promoting, them signing any promoting, promoting any the show. From, yeah, but if it's a show that's not on the air anymore, I'm not really sure why that's a big deal. And that's what <sighs> the fans come because they love Arrow and they want him to sign something related to that. So telling a fan, no, you can only get a headshot signed kind of ticks a fan off. Like, that's what I'm getting at. That's why I'm sure he was frustrated with that stuff. And it's why. But, but he y- made if the you explain, the problem is if they just have a sign next to the line that says, I can't sign these because we are on strike trying to get enough money for the people. And there are a lot of people that are just get out of line and not get an autograph. There well, are. Okay. Th- you know, but they have to strike because they're getting screwed, man. They're getting screwed. Do you know they had the background? They talk about what. I heard this recently that the thing about the background actors being scanned in and having their likeness and their perpetuity perpetuity has already happened, happened in WandaVision. Oh, Jesus Christ. So this is, it's not like, well, this could happen. This is happening because think about nothing. It's not just now. Think about like this too. People like, well, who cares about background actors? All right. If you have a crowd scene, not only are you talking about background actors, you're talking about a second assistant director. You're talking about production assistants. You're talking about hair and makeup people, right? You're talking about studios saving a lot of money and putting a lot of people out of work. So fuck you. That's my thought. It's like they want to they want to strip out the human element of making movies, not to make the movies cheaper because it ain't going to be cheaper. It's just going to make sure that the David Zaslavs make more money. Uh, Sounds says. He later came out and said this was supposed to be a private conversation. If that's true, I think he has a right to hold whatever opinion as long as he toes the public line. If, if I don't miss my guess, the reason why this became big is he was on stage with a microphone in his hand saying this. 
So yeah. not quite a private conversation. Yeah, that's you know? not a private. That's him trying to cover his ass because he got a lot of blowback from this. But yeah. a private conversation is not one you have on a dais with a microphone in your hand. Yeah, that's what in you say at the audience. Bar. In front of an audience. That's what you say at a bar. Yeah, kind of fun. I'm sure there's a lot of actors that feel the same way. But once you start talking like that, that becomes like, well, who's willing to cross a picket line to go back to work? And so, it's, so, we can so all I know is I wasn't there. I don't know the whole situation. All I it's online. You can the, watch the video. The, right. The first yeah. I'm it, hearing of this, so I don't know. I'm not yeah, gonna... so somebody needs to make a very large contribution to the, the strike fund, mm-hmm. like some, some other look. actors have. You know, The Rock. The Rock gave a million to the strike fund. A bunch of actors yeah. donated a million dollars to the strike fund. Not for them, but for the people that uh, you know live paycheck to paycheck. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I don't know the whole situation. I'm not going to comment on it. And then the last thing that's not on here, I, I mentioned it in Social Media Madness, and I forgot to bring it up. And there's something interesting happened this week I noticed on social media. And it's kind of kind of related to Strike and the AI crap. I have now seen indie comic groups and indie artists fighting among each other and Accusing each other of using AI to make art. Accusing each other. So remember the final episode, John, of Secret Invasion? Did you watch this final episode yet? I no, no, I never got to watch it. If they lost John, who will, who's willing to watch just about anything, they really lost people. In the final episode, basically, there's like now people going around shooting people, suspecting them of being scrolls, and it's like it, it becomes this whole crazy thing, which is like. That should have been the show, but it's the last five minutes. Yeah, it should have been. That should have been the beginning of the show. So, yeah, like, I feel like that's what this is starting to turn into. Like, if they don't like someone, they're going to accuse them of doing AIR. And then there was this other thing that came out where an artist. It's the witch trials all over again. The witch trials, the communist black, the communist blacklists. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we are. Yep. It's like if I don't like you or you you got the the booth that I wanted at the Comic Con that I like, I'm gonna accuse you of using AI art to get you out. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is a human race sometimes just disappoints me. <sighs> then the other thing that happened, okay, Randy said he saw the whole thing. It was hot. It, it was not a private conversation. Okay, I believe yeah. Randy. Yeah, open that me. It was not. Oh, he did it again. It was not great. Great. It was not uh, great. The other thing, too, I saw is someone did, it's obviously AI, they did a Barbie uh, cover for their book, and they did four versions, and it's like supposed to be Barbie, and it's obviously, what's her name? Margot Margo Robbie. Margot Robbie, because it looks realistic. It's not doesn't look like a drawing. Like they, they, It's photorealistic, and she's in a box, and her boobs are pushed up against the box, and then there's various versions of the cover of her in various states of undress. Yeah. And like they, they put horrible. They I put, mean, fake porn has been around for at least 20 years. Yeah, but it's never you know? it's never been as good. It's better. It's better now. <laughs> it's yeah, but that's the problem. Like it used to be just thing, pa- pa- it used to be just pasting somebody's face. Somebody really good with Photoshop putting somebody's face on top of somebody else's thing. picture. You, but now they can do it, the whole thing. And, uh. If you want to make that for yourself and your privacy of your own home or whatever, but to make that and make it as a cover to sell. And it's photorealistic of Marco Robbie, like that crosses a very ethical line in my opinion. Well, it's illegal yeah. too. You you're selling somebody else's likeness. Like there's laws against that. People who do things like that aren't interested in following the law anyway. Yeah. 
It's, yeah, this, it, this is, I mean, this is, again, every, every day, AI-generated art is the worst it's ever going to be, meaning it's always going to get better. So we're going to be talking about this more and more. I don't know where this is going to end, though. Like, there's no way Congress, at least in America, there's no way Congress has any chance of... How do you of, regulate something like this? Right. I, you... you you can't really. My, I mean, but my fear is like the small presses who feel like they're competing with another. They don't like someone at another small press. They're going to start accusing them of using AI art to get people to stop buying their books. Possibly. That ha- but you'd like to say well, that'll never happen. But that did happen. That happened during the Salem Witch Trials. It happened during the communist black, the communist, like yeah. the Red Scare. Couldn't think of the term for it. During the Red yeah. Scare. McCarthyism. Like, that's what people, McCarthyism, yeah. That's what people do. And I'm honestly, honestly, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a little frustrated with the the sky is falling talk from the art community. And that's, I never thought I would be, I never thought I would be in this spot, but here we are. I mean, like people have always looked for ways to get their art done cheaper and like without, you know, this is not, this is not new. The quality is better, but you know, if you want to make good, if you want to make good, all you can do is just sell yourself. And if people want to go on the chintz on the cheap, they're going to, and yeah, we're stuck. Well, when digital, when, when it became, when people started doing digital art, it was like, that's not real art. You didn't do that by hand. Right. But, but at least now we're at the point where, well, at least people doing digital art, they were doing it like they were designing it. They're just, you know, doing it digitally. It's still coming from them, from their imagination. The AI stuff is just, you know, I mean, it's all, it's, it's just fake. I mean, and, and not, not only just fake, it's trained on everybody else's art. So you're. I don't know. It, technology is just a double-edged sword. It's gonna... The problem, the ethical problem of training out someone else's art is an issue, but I feel like the cat is already out of the bag. So what oh, do you do? What do you do? Like I played with it some over the weekend just to try it. I went into like just the Bing, right? And I was just playing with it because I got this new book coming out and I got to have all these pictures and I was trying to price it out and I just couldn't afford an artist. So I started just messing around with it just to have fun, just see what I could do. And I'll be honest, results weren't terrible. So yeah. like, part of me is like, well, am I unethical now? Cause you know, I'm trying to save money cause I'm a one man shop. Like what does the line draw? I don't know. And like, I see Cassandra, this thing is it's happening in the indie art scene and the author scene. I see so many authors being accused of AI covers. The problem is many are. And to that, I say, so what, you know, like I don't have, I don't have a Sorry. huge issue with it at the moment. Right. Because like, I mean, like when I get my indie covers, I try to make them, I try to get them as cheap as possible because like I can't afford I can't afford a better one. I'm sorry. I was trying to find that cover real quick online and to, to show, but I can't. And if you want to have some fun, search Margot Robbie right now on Google. I'm good. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no, no. Nothing. Nothing dirty. It's it turns your your background pink. Oh, that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's the marketing nice. campaign for this movie is so brilliant. They're. And that's the thing, too, is as much as we're freaking out about AI art and stuff like that, right? In a year where we've seen all the franchises have taken a dip, the doll has been the thing that works. Son says, JD, I think if you, if you disclaim that you use AI, people will be okay. I think people are mad for passing a. Oh, I agree with that. I think that's the issue, too. I think you just got to be on the level and say, yeah, I made this with AI, which I think is the key. I think that's going to be what we do. And it can be like a thing where. You know, you can be, I don't want to say snobby because that's the wrong term, but you can be like, I don't really want to look at that stuff. I don't support AI. And there are, there are going to be people who aren't going to buy it because it's AI generated. 100%. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that is all the news I wanted to talk about. I'm going to take a quick commercial break and come back with what's probably going to be an interesting uh, conversation. Get ready for a man on an island, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right. We will be right back. Don't let any human see you. Because why? Humans are the demon scum of the earth. Avoid them. Don't say hi. To interact with them is to die. What about Drake? He seems like a fun hang. Yeah, that guy's out. Superfly's gonna destroy the city. If we want humans to accept us, we have to be heroes. Oh my gosh! They don't see it! Ninja Turtles. This film's not rated August 2nd. After these messages, we'll be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, before we get into it, I forgot to say earlier, if you're watching us live, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for notifications when you won't miss us going live. All right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. 2023. Let's, before we get into this, we'll talk some numbers. The budget was $70 million. Box office, currently, as we're talking, is $51.5 million. So they haven't made their budget back yet. They're um, going to. They're going to, definitely. Rotten, tom- Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, 96%. Audience scored 92%. And then, uh, of course, we also did our patented Superhero Speak poll. And we gave four choices as we normally do. Best TMNT movie ever. It was good, not the best. It was meh, and it was terrible. And coming in at last place, it was meh at 13%. It was terrible, got 15.9%. Best TMNT movie ever, got 29.5%. And it was good, not the best, is at 40.9%. So (laughs) The vast majority positive. Mm. Yes. And uh, all right. That is the numbers. So let's do our, our usual. Let's go around the room, give our non-spoiler reactions. And we can start with JD, because you already saw the movie last week. I did see it last week. You're the reason we went and saw it. Because I'm real quick before starting with JD, I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't care about spoilers. I'm thinking of taking my twins for their birthday. They're 11. Good for them? Yes, sir. It is good for them. I took my seven-year-old to it because he was super excited. He is a big and always has been a big fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. It isn't what I necessarily want in a Ninja Turtle movie, but it was what the kids want in a Ninja Turtle movie. And I liked it for what it was rather than what it wasn't. Right. Does that make sense? I think sometimes we go into movies thinking about what the art isn't rather than focusing on what it is. And it might not have been what I wanted, but what I want is a 42 year old guy. doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, like it, if, if the kids are digging it and I was entertained immensely and I finally, this was, I think this was the first time the four of them acted like teenagers because those were, those were my wrestlers, right? The way they're talking, the way they're interacting, the way they're acting, they acted like my kids. So I liked it. All right. 
John? <coughs> yeah, the only reason... <laughs> sorry, choked up here. The only reason I got some of the terminology used by used in the script was because my my nephew, my preteen nephew, is is visiting and he uses some of that terminology and to explain it to my old ass. So yeah, I mean, like there were things about it that I didn't like because of some of the changes they made to the storyline. But then, it, as long as it stays as a standalone, it's perfectly serviceable. I mean, like I. I enjoyed it, you know, as long as I and of course they they teased a, a sequel like, you know, that's not a surprise. I'd probably go see the sequel and it was it was really good. I I liked how they branched out with trying a new way to do the art or the the CGI or you know. And very very Spider-Verse influenced. Yeah, the the only thing I have to say is that the script is so so very topical it is going to age very poorly it's very much yeah it's a product of its time that's for sure yeah i mean like way more so than a lot of the stuff that's released for teenage kids these days that like there are references in there that are literally not going to be understandable in a couple of months but yeah maybe right i got some i had a thought on that we'll go to yeah we'll move on we'll come put a pin in that i have i have thoughts on that yep so that that's it what about you dave I hated every second of this movie. Okay. I, you know, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I very rarely want to walk out of a movie. I came very close of walking out of this movie. Are you yeah. kidding me? It's like probably the worst thing I've seen in a long time. Oh, come the hell on. That's so it's, funny. It's, it's total trash. I did not care for it at all. So, so can we, can we move on to the, the spoiler topics? Please do. Because okay, I want to talk. What, I want to get into it. say here real quick. Have you watched the OG Turtles, Cowabunga, a team from, a term from the 90s? Oh, he's talking about the... the from the 50s Turtles. is what he said, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the, the references, the time-launched references, yeah. So, okay, wait, hold on. That's so, so everyone who hasn't seen the movie, who doesn't want spoilers, who's watching this now or watching it afterwards, you guys can drop now, go watch it, come back. Otherwise, here we go with spoilers. So... So what were you going to say there, JD? What? Okay, on consensus, I've been wondering about the word mutants. I thought it was something that you could trademark. That's why Marvel couldn't use in the MCU. Is it trademarked only concerning Marvel? A trademark is only when you try to sell something. You can put something in a movie. You can use that term. Dave hates, greatest is Dave hates fun things. Yes. Yes, he does. So, I mean, like, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has been trademarked since 1984. Right. So, and no, the, the whole mutant thing that was because they had split rights up at marvel and the the fox had the x-men and they were the only ones allowed to use the term mutant but anyone else could use the, the mutants just a word like anyone could have used it mm -hmm. but specifically related to marvel movies no one else could use it because they gave that right to fox so. yeah dc would use the term metahuman not because of rights but because they wanted to stand out right yeah. and not be mutants Right, they wanted to have something different. The interesting word, the the interesting one is the term superhero as one word, as that is a copyright that has gone flip flop between both houses mm -hmm. over the decades. So. There's a story in there too, which we won't touch it. So, Dave, I have what, what did what bothered you about this movie? Every second of it. We'll start off. <laughs> oh my we'll start off with. I'll start off with. I couldn't stand the animation style in this, and I don't really think okay. it was like. I don't think I do not connect this with spider-verse i liked the animation in spider-verse 
this was lumpy. It was made to look like like they were trying to make it look like claymation, and it's lumpy and deformed. And it's like that disturbed me, and I couldn't watch. Like it, I, I got, I'm, I could not stand watching that after it, a while. It was a bit abstract. There were no right angles. Everything was interpret. Uh, like it was kind of like an interpreted point of view. Impressionistic. Like, not talking. Yeah, impressionistic. Thank you. Yeah, so I I can understand that. I get it. Um, I at, I love this. Yeah. Well, at, at first it kind of put me off a little bit, but then it got I got used to it really quick. Like it didn't, you know, it didn't really stick out after that. It it was just the art style after that. So I I, but I I can understand that point. But what, what, anything else besides the art? I felt like it was written by someone who had a basic understanding. They were told Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and maybe saw the '90s movie, and that's it. And they based and they went, okay, I can modernize this. They they did no research into the characters, into the history, into what fans like, what fans don't like. It was just like Seth Rogen smoked a joint and said, "Well, yeah. shoot joke and milk joke." Okay, I got it. There's a script, and that's it. It it, it was terrible. I this okay. So like when you say it's what the fans like. When it comes to the Ninja Turtles specifically, is there's so many divides into what that means. And yeah. it's so so often that it's been utilized within the property itself. They never the learned variations. they never learned martial arts by watching movies before. That was they bullshit. did in they did in this movie. I know. Yeah. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. But having a mutant rat who happened to be from Japan is not bullshit teaching them? It's ridiculous. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a rat from Japan. It was their it was their master who had been from Japan who got hit by the use and turned into a rat. No, only in the cartoon. Only in the see that's the thing too about the turtles is every interpretation of it, it's different. In, in the, the original co- comic in the original comic it's he's the pet. And yeah. then they changed it in TMNT. Oh, that's right, in the pet, yeah. And they made it was the guy who turned Yoshi actually got mutated into yeah. got mutated in most in most interpretations, it is the rat itself. Yes. He was See, a pet, and that's how he yeah, he learned by watching the master. Yeah, that, that was that that was one of those one of the changes that put me off a little bit. It's like, okay, I mean, they're supposed to be strong like they severed the connection between what's what's the rat's name? Why I Splinter. never remember. Splinter. I mean, yeah. Well, between Splinter who's supposed to be either the pet of or actually the master of that family and, and shredder, right? Like now it's just some rat and he learned, they learned quote unquote ninjutsu from YouTube for survival purposes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. For survival purposes. And then you're never allowed to leave the sewer because interact with people. So then what's the point of learning the skills? So you could survive survival purposes to you. So you don't get hurt. So you don't get, he could have, get hurt. They could have, they could have just found a gun. Like it's a dumb I, argument. It's I a disagree. stupid argument for learning ninjutsu. It really was. It's the, no, it's not. That's the reason why people learn martial arts. That's what they tell you about martial arts. You learn martial arts. So you don't have to use it in the comics. They are reincarnated. Yoshi and his four boys, his rats and turtles. Yeah. Eventually they worked in it, but not like, I don't think that's yeah, from issue not one. The original. On. Yeah. But that's the thing about Ninja Turtles is because there's so many different interpretations of it. Many different yeah. comics, many different cartoons, many different films. There's always slight variations to how things happen. Kassan says, Ooh, pull it back. Dave. Is it possible they're targeting a new audience? That's a very shallow level of Ninja Turtle knowledge. Yes. They're called children. Mm-hmm. That's what they're for. Yeah, my, and I understand my seven-year-old. It didn't. It didn't bother my seven-year-old that it wasn't like canonically accurate to what Eastman and Laird had written in 1984. Yeah, <laughs> it, it better not be because 
That's not for children. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, but yeah. again, the, the most famous, and that's the thing is like what, Eastman and Laird wrote this very gritty independent comic launched. It really launched the black and white wave of mid eighties, like comics, right? Indie comics started with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Three years later, a TV show launched that was completely different in every way, shape, and form than the source material. Well, first it so, was the yeah. toys, and then they wanted the cartoon to sell the It's the same together, yeah, but it's that's it together. The yeah. cartoon and the... I mean, like, that's it's the property. That was what you did in the 80s. You had a toy market. You had, you had to have a cartoon to sell the toy. Because, like, at the Reagan administration, like, you know, we were, we were completely deregulated with those things. So yep. what is... I mean, like, from Jump, basically, we have different variations on how these things happen. So... I don't know. Like I get why you prefer one to the other. I think calling one bullshit when you talk about the idea that these are I think, mutant I think they, animals learning martial my, arts, like my, drawing lines is weird. In my opinion, they treated the source material. They treated the characters as a joke. I felt like they treated Splinter like a joke in this, and like he's supposed to be the master, and he be, he comes off as a joke. And it was no, I like, think he comes off. I think he comes off as a concerned dad who was right. He's right. He said, if you leave, people were going to, and they make the milk joke. They're going to milk you. They're going to milk you. Yeah. Right? I, it's, I, it's a, but that's a gag, but that's a gag to, to soften, to soften the message are people are going to hate you. You're going to be shunned and not accepted because of how you look. And he's yeah. correct. That's exactly what happens to them. And the milk thing, again, it's played for laughs, but it's again, it's softened. Cause again, like Kassan says, it's to soften the message to the audience. The audience is like 10 year olds. Right. And Splinter is correct. Like this is the this is like a version of the show where they don't feel like and they don't feel like a, a, a set like Cobra Kai or a sensei who trained his his assassin children. They, this feels like a dad who's trying to protect his kids. Right. Brandy says in the end, it's all space wizards and magic powers. Yeah, it's all bullshit. So, I mean, like it's all a matter of which level of bullshit you like the taste of. Well, it's it's also that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles visited a multiverse way before the MCU did. Yeah. I mean, were, Turtles yeah. Forever, man, 2008. The same yeah. year, actually, as it launched the MCU. And Dark yeah. like, go figure. Go figure. So, so, yeah, they were way ahead of the curve. They were way ahead of the curve on this kind of stuff. Yep. I think that's the beauty of the property, actually, is that it's so malleable, that it's so, it can be interpreted so many different ways that you could have Eastman and I, found, I was watching a documentary on the Turtles Week. I had no idea the Archie Studio, com, the Archie's comics of Ninja Turtles were also being made at Mirage at the same time as Eastman and Laird were doing theirs. So it was just, like, it was all coming from the same place. Yeah. Right. Two vastly different interpretations of the material. Right. And that's kind of the beauty of what these are. And again, the nice thing is if you don't like these versions of the turtles in five years, there's going to be another one. Or you can go back and see one of or the other back. versions of the turtles. Yeah. There, there's like there's a new like, one every five years. It's not like there's a new version. It's not like there isn't going to be a new version. It's not like there's not past versions of it. Like, and Nickelodeon fully embraces it. Like we have all these different versions of the turtles you can watch. And my, my kids always like, dad, let's watch the counting off turtles. Like the turtles counting off or dad, let's watch the original turtles or let's watch the rise of the, Tur-. you know what I'm saying? Like he knows the differences between all of them and likes likes the differences and understands that you know he never gets confused like well these turtles are here how can these you know for him it's like oh it's just different versions of it and like little kids are so much more accept like they accept fiction so much easier than adults do like adults need all these explanations as to why the things happen a little kid gets prevented them they're like oh cool this is fun right then they then they go to their parents is like why but why yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, why they'll do that why to understand it because that's got a pretty good comment here too because i'm on fire tonight 
He says, I can appreciate respecting the source material, but the source material is intended for, if the sort, but the source material is intended for adults. Sort of like Teen Titans Go vastly shifts to the source material for children. Yeah. And there's a, we've had a, John and I have spiritually debated, you know, Teen Titans, because I love Teen Titans Go. Again, I, I look at it differently being dad of a young child who, who can just watch that show for hours and just love it. And like, we listen to the night begins to shine in the car because we, we love it. But I mean, like I know points why I ever confuse it with like Wolfman and Perez's, you know, epic storytelling. Right. I know. And, and I'm still just a little bit raw about them canceling the original te- yeah, Teen Titans. Cause they skewed was, too old. The show skewed I, too old for I, Cartoon I, Network. I know. And yet that's what kept the, the Bruce Tim verse alive. For so long, I mean, like I don't know. But they weren't selling the toys, man. That's not what Cartoon Network wanted. They wanted. I know, the toys. and th- and then and then My Little Pony Generation Four comes along and proves everybody wrong. It's like, why do you have nine seasons? Because the older demographic bought all the toys. I, because forty-year-old men are weird, is what comes down to there. Because because the older generation is looking for something to give them hope and make them feel accepted, and that show did that. And it and that was enough to to say, hey, I'll buy any toy I can. Oh, Dave bailed. Yeah, Dave, <laughs> Dave's back. <laughs> I wanted to see if anyone would notice. I noticed right mm-hmm. away. Because uh, that's not they put an adult swim, JD. Yeah, but they didn't put an adult swim. No, they wanted. They don't want. Like, I don't know about now, but like especially in the early two thousands, the the Warner people, the people running Cartoon Network, like they had like these firm divides. Like they wanted the superhero properties to appeal to like seven to twelve, right? And if it wasn't doing seven to 12 business, they're like, we'll just get something that is appealing to seven to 12 business. Why are we spending money on this? Like if Cartoon Network has this weird relationship with its properties and yeah. it's, I, I've never, I've never quite gotten it. Right. Like it has to be they Unlike the turtles, right. Unlike we talked about turtles where you can have lots of different things floating like Cartoon Network tends to say, no, this is what this is. And this is what this has to be. And there shall be no cross. You know, it's, it's weird. And then they had Toonami, which, skewed a little bit older and yeah, a lot older. Yeah, tell us why you uh, hated this movie some more. You know, <laughs> even though like I, I've, I mean, um, I'm glad I saw the movie. It's nice, but it's still got a, a 96 on the thermometer and 92 audience score as of like right now. Because I, I, stoners I, stick together and they all smoked a joint and watched this and then gave it a good rating. No, no, no. My, well, I, hey, I've my, never imbibed my in my life. It. I liked it. Like, yeah, my nephew liked it, you know? So, sure. You know that, and that's like the that's exactly humor. he's exactly the demographic that they were looking for. That's who they so, wanted. Mm-hmm. Tsunami was fantastic. And introduced me to Dragon Ball Z. You and a little place called America. Yeah, <laughs> it also introduced you to the four kids version of, of One Piece, and so there was hits and misses. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. I don't even want to know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a weird twist on the origin too, I mean, with the Baxter Stockman. Being the person who created the ooze, and then makes sense, uh, and then he dies, and instead of becoming the fly, the fly was just a fly that gets mutated. You know, super voiced by Ice Cube, sir. Yeah, I mean that was a character that was cre- basically created for this movie. Like, yeah, but it was I kind of so there's this cool theme that I really liked in this movie. It was that family, right? Where Splinter's the good dad, like he raised his sons. Superfly never has his dad. Like he's almost motivated by what he thinks happens to his dad, right? Mm-hmm. So he has this negative outlook on things, and it's this really cool dichotomy of of how you raise kids, right? And it's very—I think this movie is written by young parents, you know, because it, it really has that vibe to it. 
we, we should. No, it was written should, by a very famous stoner who's a young parent who I think we, has we, younger kids. We should mention that the voice cast on this is stellar to say the least. Yeah, yeah, like Maya Rudolph, John Cena, Seth. Uh, I mean, who anybody who's seen this movie, they know Seth Rogen was in it because you can't mistake his laugh. Bye. Rose Byrne, Jackie Chan did Splinter. Mm-hmm. Like Jackie Chan, I, I, I it saddens me that like some of the younger generation doesn't know who Jackie Chan is because he's one of the greatest martial artists of all time. And Paul Rudd is Mondo Gecko, which is just perfect for a chill for the chill gecko. It's hilarious. Uh, and you said Ice Cube, right? Post Malone so, is Ray Fillet. Yeah. yeah, like you you just go down the line, and there's more and more people that. My son had one had one major critique of the film. Hmm. He didn't like that Donnie sounded like a girl. That bothered him. He said, Donnie sounds like a girl. And at seven, I guess that bothers you. But like, yeah. Voiced by Micah Abbey. Yeah, just a young kid. Uh, this is very much sounds like he hasn't gone through puberty yet. Right. Yeah. And he's been, he's been on, what, Meet the Voxels, Action, Cousins for Life. Great. He's an anime. Yeah. It's just, he's just a really young kid yeah, doing like Nickelodeon yeah. series, that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Well, that's who Nickelodeon went to. It went to the right. well, they yeah. It went to who they knew could do the job. Like I said, I really liked how they felt like kids to me. Like these really felt like teenagers. Sometimes you get like, like the Michael Bay versions, those never felt like teenagers. Those felt like Michael Bay, you know, Seth, Seth Rogen. I had to, I had to look it up. Seth Rogen has no children. What about Evan Goldberg? Oh, I don't know. His writing partner. By by the way, we, we've, we haven't mentioned like what, what, the, the thing that was the biggest was it Buhaha about this? The casting of April O'Neil as as an African American. They did that in Rise of the Teenage Mutant. Yeah, to say too. it's not the first time they did it. Yeah, not, it's not news at this point. It might well, be, yeah, uh, it, it was it was the like the I saw a lot of articles about it, like people getting angry at it. And everything. Does, I I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just like we've all said already. It's just another version of the Turtles, another version of the universe, and it didn't matter to me at all. I mean, it still worked. The owner of TCRI is gonna is crying, right? We all know that. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah she's her name's Utram. Utram for those who non-turtle initiated the Utram were the aliens that like crying. They, they called them the crying in one one of the versions of Ninja Turtles with little alien brain alien things. Those, those are Utrams. So she's in the sequel. I assume she will be revealed. And Utram as, was voiced by Maya Rudolph, Maya Rudolph. Uh, an alum of of SNL mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. So I just like yeah, I just liked Ice Cube as Superfly. Yeah, that was kind of cool. But, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of made sense. Anyway, I, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any other real critiques about this. I understand why the, the, I CGI, get the, the CGI I get is, yeah. I get the critique. I think it's a, it's a, it could be an off-putting take. Like, I'm hearing Dave, what Dave says, and it makes sense as why. Like, if you're more of a traditionalist, I can see why this would put you off. And if, if this was the only version of the Turtles we had since 1987... I think I could be more like, yeah, you're right. But the fact that we've had like six between <laughs> between that original cartoon and this one. I cannot hmm. I cannot find out if Evan Goldberg has any kids. It doesn't seem like he does either. Hmm. Feels like Which it. Makes it a little so, more creepy. Did ah. did we did we get this because Nickelodeon needs like is this a Spider Man syndrome where or, or a Fantastic Four syndrome where Nickelodeon needs to make an, another movie or another series? With TNT to keep the they, no, they bought it. They bought they it. Straight, okay. They just straight up bought it off uh, Peter Laird. Okay, so this was a labor of love. Then that's like we've we've got a good script. Let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, 
they actually scrapped the script like a year ago and actually remade this movie and like but it was not like like what's his name what's the guy's name not having seth rogan was trying to make sure that the writer the animators weren't overworked trying to make this like they kept normal hours like it was actually they were able to make the movie pretty quickly without sacrificing quality or making people be miserable well, if how, they how, long, let, how long was this in production because cgi two years uh, two years i don't think it takes as long as you, i don't think it takes as long as it used to uh, no, they, the processing power gets faster and faster so yeah. it does get faster it depends on people have working on because says if they did the last ronin in this style dumped out for children i'd be as pissed as dave yeah i agree but that's not that story the last ronin is not a story for andy Right. The last Ronin is a story for people that grew up with the turtles and are adults and want to see them grown up a little bit. It's that Spider-Man conundrum, right? Like Marvel always had a like the age Spider-Man and people like the age Spider-Man, but the people who like working on it didn't want to write age Spider-Man think, stories. They wanted to write young Spider-Man stories. So, you you know, I think one of the things now. that also hurt my perception, and I'll be completely honest, is the fact that we mm-hmm. just read the last Ronin. So yep. I just watched a very serious read a very serious take on the turtles. And then watch this, and it was like, uh, no. <laughs> it, it seems like the voice actors of the turtles themselves had a a, um, a lot to say in the in the final script, and I believe that because again, the terminology they were using, like Riz and all that, I, I like just on the ride back from Connecticut when I picked up my nephew to to stay with me for a week. I feel that's, like that's that's the that's the vocabulary he was using. So I feel like I've watched enough sci-fi movies that take place in the future where they make up, you know, words like that doesn't phase me, you know, like if they're using modern uh, slang or whatever, it's like, whatever, like I, it just, it goes over my head and I don't like, I don't register in my brain. Oh, they said something weird. Like it doesn't bother me, you know, because I I like knowing what the weird things mean though. And it was it was it was nice that I had already asked my nephew, or what the hell does that mean, you know? And then and then a couple of, a couple of days later, oh, we're at the movie, and hey, that I know what that means. It's coming out of the turtle's mouth now. Everyone so. should spend time around kids because it keeps you young, and you get like you get a nice little view into what is cool, even if you don't have to understand it. You understand that they understand it, and that's what matters. Right. Keeps you keeps you young. Keeps you hip. Because says that's the real Kassan says that's my point. Mutant Mayhem is for kids. Something like Last Ronin is for adults. Again, that's the beauty of the franchise. Right. Even with Spider-Man, my little nephew will watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends on Disney Junior. Right. Mm. Which is like meant for like preschoolers. And then we can watch, you know, Far From Home cry when Aunt May dies, when the Green Goblin kills her. Right. Like that's the beauty of these characters. They they can. They have to appeal to little kids. That's how you keep the franchise going. So, so Kassan asks, you know, was the plot and the story good? Yeah. Yeah, like, the story it, was good. I mean, it's as a story, far as you... it, it's a story of, yeah. of acceptance, which has been done a thousand times. The issue I have with the story is that they're all, they're all trying to quote unquote, save the world for the wrong reasons. Right. Yes. And then they come, they come to that realization and save the world anyway, and then get the accolades that they were wanted to get. So yeah. I feel like it's just a lost lesson at that point. No, I disagree. They weren't it for the wrong reason. Same as Spider-Man, right? Why does Spider-Man become Spider-Man? Because he wants fame, fortune, and glory, right? And then he doesn't get it. These kids, they want to be accepted as normal kids. That's what the Turtles want. They want to just be kids. They want to go to high school. They want to feel like normal kids. And when they realize that they can't, that it's not going to happen... And they just try to save the world, not to be famous, but to just because they have to save the world. Like, 
then they do they get what they want you know but that's kind of i like that lesson is sometimes you'll get the things you want so, if your priorities are correct so mm. the story in the comics and it's been used in many of the iterations is they're raised and trained as ninjas because they're saving the world from the foot clan and it's 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 built into who they are from the beginning like mm -hmm. and it's one of the reasons like maybe they don't feel like teenagers in the beginning because they've been warriors since they were children like that's what they do and they throw all that away there is no foot clan there is no uh um uh yoshi or, and and well there or, is there is because of the the mid credit scene I, I i i didn't stay for anything i actually as soon as they beat as soon as they beat the whale thing i walked out i was like okay i'm done they wow. did they did the dark they did the the batman begins ending at the end where since you Trump's like, okay, we have to get these turtles called the shredder. And then you see the shredder, right? Yeah. So they're setting shredder up. So you will have the foot clan and it could still be tied into their origin. We just don't, it's just not part of this story, which I kind of like, cause I feel like it's not my, again, it's not my favorite interpretation of it, but it's different. Here's my mm -hmm. thing. If you want to do a movie about mutants that want to be accepted, then just write a movie like that. Why do you that have to take the turtles movie. and make, why do you have to take the turtles and make that and throw away all their years of history just to like because, make it work for this movie because it did because like it part it of didn't being, work for me oh it worked for 92 percent of the audience that watched it and worked for 96 percent of the critics that saw it and it worked for two out of three people on the show so i think that because it's a different interpretation of it right it's not the, like you always said this oh just start by dave and then we're just throwing it away like it's not throwing it away it's focusing on something different like this they they focus their focus is always so much on the ninja part of it this time they focused on the teenage mutant, right? Yeah, true. They never, we never true. see that. Yeah. We never see that part of the thing get focused on. It's always the ninja turtle part, especially the ninja. They lean heavy into ninja, 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 and this is just different. Like they wanted to tell the story of outcast kids this time almost, around. Again, it's ever. only one that. If this was the only version of this of this that existed, I'd be like, yeah, okay, you got a point there. They they did throw it away, but I mean, like because we have this is literally the eighth iteration of this brought to you know screen or television right so i don't mind a different book it's like we it's like spider-man homecoming we never saw uncle ben get killed does that make it a lesser spider-man story because we never in the mcu we've never seen uncle ben die that is the penultimate moment that defines who peter parker is and we've i do think that's movies in all honesty hmm. like yeah in my opinion and and the thing is because i feel like that's why they killed aunt may to to give him that moment in the MCU that he they didn't have, so yeah, it's like okay, had... well now we've got to kill Aunt May to give him that moment that all the fans want, and it, it does cheapen it, I think. Well, no, to give to give him that that you know with great power comes great responsibility thing. It didn't seem like it didn't like they never explained what it happened work. to it's Uncle like, Ben, but it, it didn't seem like it, it ever really affected it. It is right? one of my issues though with with the with the MCU Tom Holland Spider Man is that like to me that doesn't work. He's already Spider Man. He doesn't need the great power, great responsibility speech because he's already Spider Man. Like so, it was kind of like yeah, it didn't. He like, needed it to get through what's next, which is he's now completely I, on his own. I I think you guys are ignoring the fact that they did deal with Ben dying in the first movie. Right. This is right. they just they talk about it, but they don't like in Civil War. In Civil War, the first time you see yeah. him, they talk about Ben being gone. Peter has a suitcase with Ben's initials on it. Right. right. Ben is gone, but they just they hmm. they assume the audience understands it. And because I get we've that, seen but that story multiple times. So they chose that something different. 
but I felt like when they got to No Way Home, it was like, oh, now we've got to give him that moment because he never got it, and we'll give it to him with Aunt May because we've, we've already killed Ben off screen. And it was like, no, why did we have to do that? You know, well, it was the, it was the next phase. It would have been his... more heart wrenching if his aunt didn't remember him at the end. And it disagree made for disagree because like in these movies, the the people we assume everyone is safe, right? What character what these heroes do are dangerous, right? And having May die, one, is something we didn't see coming. Nobody expected it. And it mm. makes what Peter and these superheroes do have stakes. And sometimes we go out of our way to make sure the property, right, the trademark is so safe that it takes the stakes out of the story. And in that moment, we all went, holy shit, there's repercussions for what he does. And it's not yeah. like we talk about with great power being great responsibility, like the simple way about does. Well, Peter learned that. And that was the way he lived his life from then on, which is bullshit. He constantly makes mistakes. That's the thing of Spider-Man. Spider-Man is a gigantic fuck up. He's always making those mistakes and has to constantly remind himself that with great power comes great responsibility because he's he's always doing the wrong thing. Not all, but I mean, and having to remind himself, oh yeah, I screwed up. You know, well, that and, is, and following up with that, like the teenage mutant girls are always making mistakes, and they they acted like real teenagers. Kids. In this. Yeah, yeah, kids they make tons of them. Cassandra mm-hmm. says it would have been great if one of the three Spider Men died. That would have hammered home the murder. I thought for sure Tobey Maguire was gonna die. I Everyone honestly did. thought. I think everyone did. And I think that you're right. But I, th- I think that Dave's point is because I think everybody thought Toby Maguire was going to die made May's death work. It's like, yeah, we are going to have a death, just not who you think it is, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that would have been too much. I think if Toby Maguire and Aunt May died, I think that might've just been, and the ending we got, I think it might've been a little too negative. Now, you know, the rumors going on, Sam Raimi's going to make that fourth movie, right? Yeah, Which I'm we'll curious see. about. We're going to get the old man Spider-Man. I'm okay with that. Hmm. So... Anyway, where were we? Dave hates oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, 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 right. Well, I mean, I, I hate, I hate this iteration of this. You know, I didn't hate. I I haven't hated an animated movie as much since I saw Sausage Party because that is a total piece of shit as well. That's that not made for kids. It's you know, but again, that's not even made Seth for Rose. adults. I'm sorry, that's hor- That was so. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know. Never saw that I one. Ne- I never. I never got through it. It's. You know, you you know how prudish I am. I I barely got twenty minutes into that, and I was like, "Oh no, bailing, bailing, pulling the shoot. I'm done." I, I usually hate Seth Rogen's stuff because I think he is super remarkably sophomoric. I thought it worked. I thought it worked here for this one. Like, yeah, Dave disagrees. Wait, wait for for, for for TMT? No, it was yeah, fine. I thought so too. That was too sophomoric for me. I just they are the exactly. thing. They are exactly. You're 15 days. Right. What, all what, of them were. What yeah. grade is a 15-year-old in? Yeah. It would be sophomores. But the sophomore humor didn't even really come from them. But, I mean, like, but it's their environment. Like, that's like any sophomore piece of, I hate to use the term art because that's super, super fast and loose with terminology, but that's kind of, it's the vibe, you know? And I think, I think if we can't be sophomoric with literal sophomores, I don't know when we can't be sophomoric. Okay, well... Going back to what Kasan asked about with the with the plot and the story, yes. I mean, I thought the plot and the story were fine. It's thin. Yeah. It's super thin plot, to be quite honest with you. It's it very. Is. It's much more of it's. It's more of a character-driven story. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's they're gonna Superfly's building a, a machine to turn everyone into mutants, and they're gonna all save the animals the day, into mutants. All the animals into mutants, excuse me, and get rid of all the people. Yeah. 
and this the turtles are going to save it so that everybody loves them i mean it's super the plot is super super basic and a little thin but again it's it's the character the movie relies very much on the character iterations and it's a really interesting scene when the when the the turtles meet superfly the villain of the movie there's not a confrontation there's like hey come join us and the turtles are like yeah we'll come join you guys are mutants you guys are like we we were both born from the same ooze what you know it's like we're brothers you know cousins cousins yeah we're cousins And it's yeah. like, it's this very, it's again, this very, very, and again, when you look at the care, when we look at these versions of the turtle specifically, you're having these kids who are alone. That's their whole storyline is they're alone and they're sick of each other as you would be. You were sick. You get sick of your family. You get, I used to get sick of my brother all the time growing up. Sorry, Matt. And like, it's the X-Men plot from <laughs> 2000. It's similar to that. Yeah, it's very similar. That. Very similar yeah. to that. That's the thing is like plot, and I've said this in the show for us again, plot is overrated. Like a plot is very simple. It's really come for, you know, I think the best stories work when it comes to how the characters interplay with each other. And I think the characters play off each other really well. I like this different version of April who I think is closer to their traditional April O'Neill, but in high school more than most of the interpretations that we have. Yeah. Right. Um, I just didn't care for the puking. I could, there's a little, I mean, there there, there you go with Evan Goldberg. That that was, Seth yeah. Rogen. Fair. That was that could have been. Fair. Uh, yeah. It's, been yeah. I can't. I'm, I will not hold that one against you. That was pretty gross. Which was well. It's day. funny. I, I'm going to say this. I saw this one weird critique saying that they made her ugly in the movie, and I'm like, first off, it's a cartoon girl. Second yeah. off, everyone's ugly in the movie. It's the style of animation. Like, there's no right angles. Everything's lumpy. Like, it's supposed to feel mutiny i guess but it was just like that was such a dumb it's a dumb critique she's a slightly she's a slightly overweight teenage girl who herself is an outcast who would hang out with four mutant turtles she's looking for accept that's this whole thing is they're looking for accept everyone in this movie is looking for acceptance superfly is looking for acceptance by making everybody like him that's how he's gonna get it and his family the other mutants are there because he's their brother right their family and they're like well i don't want to destroy all humans like so that's it's interesting so kasan says would i have liked the movie better if it had if the plot was better would have i liked it better i think if you got rid of some of the stuff more humor and like like okay when they go to the lair and they confront him and the turtles get everyone to turn against superfly by just saying like this is wrong humans aren't that bad and they're like yeah like, you were raised your whole life to hate humans, and one speech from a mutant you don't know makes you abandon your brother? No, they, you know, they like, were already all on the fence. They were on the fence. They turn against it. Like, it, like, no one sided with them, and I thought that was weird. Like, that's, I, not, how, that's not how life works. That's not how, that life, is how works. life works. That is how life works, because the, no. the turtles were raised the same way. No, that's not they how were also, life works. They were also somebody, raised. Somebody would have been on his side... At yeah, least. but they were Maybe they were the, the, or Rocksteady or something. Would have but the thing like, was, they were already on the fence, and all it took was somebody else saying, "No, it's okay to yeah, feel and that." It's stupid. And it's a lot stupid. of a lot of a lot of I hated that. I thought it was so dumb. I was work like, like that. I like, just like threw my hand up, like this is stupid. That's the parallel, though, is the turtles were raised the same way. Humans are bad. Fear, like they have that little. We watched the commercial before. There's that phrasing. There's that chant that Splinter teaches them that all humans are evil that they, you have to stay away from. They had they were raised the exact same way as these. And when presented with the fact, oh, we're just going to kill everybody, they're like, oh, well, that's 
wrong. It's like, I, I'm going to go with real far with this one. You go in like the vast majority of people growing up and there's a lot of people growing up in Nazi Germany who knew what they were doing was wrong, yep. but they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't stand against it. Even if they wanted, they went along with it because there is nobody had, else sitting there giving them a side, another side to join. Right. right. There was no one. I mean, like there was a war going on, but everyone, those people are also trying to kill you. So, I mean, like right. there, it, it's not quite that simple. Like especially when, when the vast majority of humans are given a moral question and they know it's morally wrong, the majority of them will be like, especially when it comes to murder and the extermination of a race. Right. Most people will go, yeah, it's not right. Right. Well, that's the other thing, right? The other the other part of the story that no one's the other side of the coin no, no one's really addressing is it took the mutants saving them to, you know, have the humans accept them. Yeah, because humans like, suck. I mean, like right. that's true. That's a that's a hundred percent. If aliens landed tomorrow, right, we would hate them and fear them until they saved our lives, and then we would accept them because that's how maybe. we are. Maybe, maybe we're humans. Maybe. We, 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 right. I'll tell you, there is one thing that I am very disappointed in, and that is when Superfly got like when he went into the water with the with the ooze and came out as an amalgam bunch of creatures. I was sitting there thinking to myself, "Oh man, this is going to turn real dark." That's the thing. That's Carpenter's the thing. I want to, you know, th- this could this could get really good. I mean, when, when you're sitting there, when you're like, sitting there looking at the face of the villain, and part of it is a giraffe. With the eyeball of the draft still looking around like it's still independent, but the rest of it is just melded into the face. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Carpenter's the thing, man. <laughs> it's like I, I would I have, have liked to, to have seen it gone full Carpenter. No, Dave's getting a, Dave's getting an attaboy face. Yeah, yeah. I this is from Kassan. Yeah, I can see Dave's point. There's never a hundred percent consensus. If abortion is stuck with Superfly, I think that would have been a deeper well of lessons to pull from. So. Yeah, like, except that you're talking like, about genocide, and like like JD said, gosh. most humans are not going to, most people are not going to say, "Yeah, I, I feel good about killing an entire race." Thematically, of millions of people. <laughs> would it make sense if a couple did side with Superfly? Yes, but this is a children's movie. True. Yeah, that too. I mean, like at the end of the day, this is a movie for kids. You know, mm. yeah, I, I, I a movie think- about acceptance. And a movie right. about acceptance, right? Mm. So I don't think you can have, I don't, I, would it make for a better movie if there was more infighting? Yeah, absolutely. But again, like these, who is the audience that is meant to consume this? It's not 40 year old guys. The more the audience meant to consume this is 10 year olds. And do you want to plant the seeds of doubt that genocide is wrong to a 10 year old? Genocide is not wrong, excuse me, to a 10 year old, right? Is that is that worth it for an intricate story beat? Yeah, but isn't it also the point that some people are bad and some people are good? And so somebody still is deciding Superfly is, Superfly bad. is bad. Yeah. But some of the others could have also been bad. Like, but they, the idea was, but what happens in the end, they're all accepted into the, Oh, did you even see that part? They all live with them. All the mutants go to live with the turtles in the sewer. Yeah. But again, it's just like, if you're, I don't know. I feel like I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, if there are going to be people, no matter what you say to them, they're still going to go, well, this is my brother. This has been the plan since I was born. Like, I'm sticking with it. If you're an executive in Nickelodeon, are you going to sign off on what's essentially ethnic cleansing and having some people go, you know, ethnic cleansing is not a bad idea. You're stuck on the ethnic cleansing. I'm talking about. That's what it is. 
but that's what it is. That's what they were doing. It was ethnic cleansing. You're missing my point. Mm. It's, it's not, I'm, I'm, done. Well, I'm not, I mean, like, I'm not saying I'm missing the point. I'm saying like, this is like, could it have been a, a deeper story? Yes. But the audience is children and it's not a good idea to have children question if maybe or not, maybe Superfly has a point, you know, like you can't do the, Ma you shouldn't do the Magneto storyline for little kids. Right, because the man is Magneto is right. We hear that a lot with the X Men. Ah, Magneto, male. That he's right. The human race is fucked up. Like, do you want kids to ask that question when the story is about accepting? So, Dave, you you are a fan of Children of the Corn, then, right? I don't think I've ever watched that. It's a spook. The, the original one's actually, as I recall, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember being spooked out by the end of it. All right, let's let's wrap this one up. I'm let's. done talking about this movie. Uh, let's go around the room, give our final thoughts and the score. One to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best. And Shady, you can start. I'll give it an eight. I liked it. All right. Okay. John? I'm going with an eight, too. It is well worth your time to see. It's interesting, to, if, as long as you're not expecting a whole lot out of it, apparently. Yeah, I don't. But, you know, the kids will like it. The kids will understand a lot of the dialogue that you're not going to. But it's, you know, it's a good movie. It's not as good as the original from 1990. No. But it's yeah. a good popcorn flick. Yeah, it's a good popcorn flick. Yeah, I'll say that. Dave. Dave. I'll give it. I'll give it three Gwen Stacy. I'm torn. I'm torn if I want to give it. Give it torn if I want Spider Gwens. I'm torn if I want to give it a zero or a one. Wow, dude, man. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a one. You could at not least just say, "Look, it's not my cup of tea." So you know, it's not my cup of tea. It sucks balls. Like the worst movie I've seen. That in a is long two time. different things wow. that you just said. So, I hated every moment of it. That's okay. Well, I, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on my nephew, and he said that he you know he liked it. So the seven year old and the seven year old loved it. I told him I I got the I got a direct message from Dave during the movie, and I was like, "Ooh, this isn't gonna go good this week." And he's like, "He didn't like it. I'm not the turtles were hilarious." So, <laughs> you know, the audience. One out of ten Gwenpools. All right, Gwenpool is a terrible <laughs> character. I will defend Spider Gwen. Gwenpool is where you lose me. I'll, I'm, just, I'll, yeah. I'm with Dave and, on that one. And and Venom Gwen too. Yeah, that's even worse actually. Yeah. All right, let's let's wrap this one up. All right, let's see. Did you learn anything on the podcast this week, or do you have any recommendations? John, you can go first. I didn't learn crap. <laughs> As far as recommendations are concerned, wow, like my last week is I've done nothing in the last week that's worth it. I will say this. I'm up to episode 270 of One Piece. I'd recommend checking out One Piece if you have any inclination towards anime. How comparable you, is the anime? Like as far as wait, your enjoyment, as far as your enjoyment level, like it's getting better and better. Like, you know, like One Piece is one of the originals. It's like considered one of the holy trinity mm -hmm. you know like naruto that and dragon ball z and it's you know it's like i mean th I, the deeper it gets into the plot the more you realize that the guy who wrote it oda like had had he must have like a full book of notes and plots uh, uh, plot descriptions and whatever like there is no there is no scene i'm finding out in any episode that you see that won't be called back later in some form or fashion that won't like affect the future. It's, it's, it's really interesting and, and kind of enjoyable. So, so I was asking about the, the, my adventures with Superman, 
if you watch yes. it. No, no. I am seeing more and more articles of people saying that is probably one of the best written shows today for in science fiction, fantasy I, comics. So it is really good. I people hope I love the Max. I opened up the Max. Now it says Max on my Roku. I opened yep. up the app and I had to re-log in. This was Saturday night. I was at my girlfriend's. I'm like, I'm too tired for this. So I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it is it is it is well worth it. It is I, and a lot of people have been comparing how Lois reacts to Clark being Superman to the reaction of I forget the girlfriend's name in Invincible because she turned nobody really liked that one. And they're like, no, Lois, Lois is acting much better. And this is the way somebody would really react to somebody lying to them or catching somebody lying to them, but for good reasons. And I mean, it's, it's very well written and it's, it's kind of, it's fun and it's fun. And that's all you need to know. All right. I'll try logging in again sometime this week. JD. I knew that Dave hated fun things. So I did not learn that this week. (laughs) I've known that for quite some time. Mm. I don't know if I can recommend this yet, but I'm going to see the last voyage of the Demeter this week. It comes out this week that it's the Dracula movie. Yeah. This is, this has been in development hell for like 20 years. Cause I remember I love the book, love Dracula. And like, it's based on this one chapter in Dracula where, He's on the boat going from Transylvania to England. And like, there's this, there's this whole thing on the boat where the captain's, it's all, it's all in journal form where the captain gets killed by Dracula. And I've always, and I remember they announced this movie. It was in development. I'm like, wow, that's a great idea for a movie. That could be a movie onto itself. Cause oftentimes that gets, you know, kind of left behind in the adaptations. Right. So I'm super excited to finally see this movie. I have no idea if it's going to be any good or not, but for me, this is something I've been wanting for a long time. So I don't expect us to review it on the show. That's not what we do, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Eh, they did this in JoJo's uh, Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> One of the earlier... <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I, this, ah. I, I opened up the Wikipedia thing. It looks interesting. All I don't right. know what you're talking about there, John. But yeah, I'm, I, I want to see vampires on a boat. All right. I <laughs> learned that you can't have your own opinion. Or you can have your own opinion. Of... Oh my gosh, you can. No, and the audience. Do. We discuss things. You can have opinions. There aren't even bad opinions. You didn't like it. That's what we do. We talk about it. Mm-hmm. I recommend if you're watching right now, hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for the notification so you don't miss us when we do go live. Recommendations. I don't really have any recommendations. I'm still tired from babysitting, and I couldn't watch my adventures with Superman <laughs> because I couldn't log into Max. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I got nothing. So. I will recommend. Oh wait, you know what? I know what I'm gonna do. Watch this. I'm gonna recommend Baki season two. Baki. <laughs> Baki. John, how, do pro- how do I pronounce that? Baki. I guess or Buckeye. What is that? What are we recommending? I don't know. Uh, it's it's a Netflix Dracula show. Oh, oh, oh. it's a it's an anime. Okay. You never watched it, John? You're no, familiar? I've never watched this, but it's a Netflix. It's on Netflix, so. You know, yeah. So I still sound It's one of the fighting ones. I, I'm usually into the fantasy stuff. I'm not usually into the sports stuff. But this, the I mean, this looks like. Well, it depends. Like this looks like martial arts champion thing. Eh, oh, okay. Might be interesting. Why are you recommending it, Dave? Because uh, I recommended. It. recommended. Oh, because I recommended. Okay. I'm stealing right. his recommendation. All right. Oh. I also recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page comic book reviews by our good friend chris and so much more and that is it so on that note as always thanks for watching don't let your cape be caught in the door have a good week